Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to another edition of Toxic Tuesday with your host, Greg Wilson. Hey everybody, it's Greg Wilson here again with a version of Toxic uh, Tuesday. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Uh, trade deadline has pretty much started a week early. Some trades have been made. No one major, nothing big. Uh, but the returns seem to be quite big. And uh, if Montreal's smart, uh, they're going to be sellers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about what uh, Bergevin's going to do, what he should do, maybe the returns he should get for some players. Uh, we're all gonna, also going to talk about uh, injuries and uh, players coming back uh and maybe what the players and the coaches think uh, where they are at this season. And uh, we'll talk about some other stuff. I'll probably rant about something like I usually do on this toxic show. Uh, so let's get started. So there's some trades made. Uh, Lightning get Blake Coleman from New Jersey. New Jersey traded uh, uh, Green off as well. He went to the Islanders. And, I mean, for Coleman, they got a first-round pick, which was the Canucks' first-round pick in 2020. Uh, plus Nolan foot. So Tampa now has is uh, piling up on the uh, on the trades in the, in the first round here. And they also uh, traded uh, Andy Green, who uh, ended up going to uh, the New York Islanders. So uh, the uh, NHL or the NHL, the New Jersey Devils are really uh, uh, trying to to go in for this. Uh, so they traded uh, Blake Coleman and Andy Green went for David Quinville, uh, defensive uh, a prospect and a second round pick in 2021. So even Green got a good thing. And if you go back to the uh, February 10th when the Penguins got Jason Zucker, they got him for a first round pick and Galchenyuk, which um, I'm going to assume is a is a is a throw in or just because they've been trying to get rid of him all year, but. Uh, but still, uh, that's, these teams are picking up pretty good hauls for, uh, for players. I mean, uh, Coleman's like 34, 35 years old and he gets a first round pick. Uh, uh imagine what you're going to get for Tatar. I mean, Coleman's on pace for, I don't know what, 30, 40 points or something like that. And Tatar's on pace for 70. Uh, so, and then, uh, just yesterday, uh, Tyler Tafali. Got traded for uh, prospect Tyler Madden, uh, Tim Schaller, a second-round pick, and a conditional fourth-round pick. So, yeah, the, he went to the Canucks. So, Bergevin, who has a boatload of guys he can get rid of, um, the biggest names being uh, uh, Petrie and Tatar, who still have a year left on their contract, as did Coleman did, uh, he could trade these guys and 
there's no reason he can't get a first round pick for the two for for both of them. Uh, and if that's the case, and if Habs who start thinking the way everybody else is thinking that uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, then they really got to start thinking about uh, about doing this. Uh, Brian uh, Wild uh, on the uh, call of the Wild said it said it uh, perfectly. He said, uh, "When healthy, when everything goes right for this team, they are a 96 point team, which would possibly be a playoff team this year." Uh, I've said that all year. I, I still say it now. Uh, no, in- injuries aren't an excuse. They're just a reality and they're a fact. Uh, and the fact is, is injuries are not an excuse when you have the depth to cover the injuries. And I, I covered this before on another episode, but there are some people who say, well, Pittsburgh this and this team this and this team that. Those teams have depth. Those teams have players that can step in. It may not be as good as the player that they lost, but they can step in and at least be close to the player that they lost whereas Montreal you lose Drew in and you're stuck with uh, Nick Cousins or Jordan Wheel and I mean nothing against those guys but they are not top six players Uh, then when you have Armia and Byron gone on top of it now Byron wasn't doing much before he got hurt but uh, Byron was uh, could have been that guy that could step in in that top six role if he was still there uh, Armia went uh, he's another top six guy that went and you have to think about it Montreal has top six guys but they don't have anyone elite they don't have any superstars but they have solid top six guys so yeah if you don't have the depth you're not going to cover the injuries injuries I'm not going to say is an excuse it's a reality and in Montreal they needed to be healthy they needed to be exactly like last year because this team is basically the same team as last year with uh, an upgrade of Ben. Sherratt's better than Ben. So you could obviously say they were a 96-point team, same as last year, maybe a 97-98 team. Maybe Sherratt was that little nudge that would have got them into the playoffs and the way Florida and Toronto's playing 96 points probably would get them in anyway. Um, but without it, they're an 86-point team, which is what they're projecting to be now. And uh, to say that, if an 86-point team's not going to make the playoffs and... Unless something comes along in the off season that's really going to change the team dynamic, this team's basically, as is, a 96-point team next year, if healthy. Again, so the management really got to look at this and say, okay, we're not making the playoffs this year unless a miracle happens. We got to start moving players. And if we're going to start moving players, then uh, we got to start moving them um, now. So Tatar and Petrie, if we can get two first-round picks, besides the one we already have in the first round this year, then we got to go for it. We're drafting to Montreal. We'll have three picks in the first round. Maybe we could package two of those later first-round picks and get an even lower first-round pick so that we can uh, – pick two maybe two in the top 15 who knows i'm not an expert at this but i would take you know a 22 and a 24 for a 15 uh i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong i'm not a gm this is why i do a podcast and uh argue with other people who aren't gms on twitter um but uh bergman got act now now kovalchuk he could probably get you a second uh Scandella, hell, Scandella could probably get you a second. Judging like from what uh, Green got, you could probably get a second for uh, Scandella. 
Um, Thompson, Wheel, Cousins, uh, all these guys uh, can be uh, let go. And who knows, maybe Byron will come back and maybe there's a, there's something for Byron there uh, for a team that's uh, contending. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we really got to look at to see where uh, uh, what's going to go happen. However, if my speculation is correct, I believe Bergevin thinks this team's a playoff team next year. I believe he wants to keep uh, Tatar and Petrie because he wants to compete for the playoffs next year. And I believe he can't do it without Tatar and Petrie. Now, Having said that, I think you can still do it without Tatar. I think if you, you get good assets for Tatar or if you trade uh, whatever, because let's be honest, Tatar and Domi basically flip stats. Tatar's the 70-point guy now, and Domi's maybe a 50-point guy, uh, which is what it was last year. So Domi could probably switch to the wing and go in there, or uh, Drouin. Drouin can be up there. Or maybe we sign Kovalchuk or whatever. But... Uh, if you get rid of Petrie, you're going to leave a big hole on the right side when you already have a hole on the left side of the defense. So I think Petrie, if he's going to keep anyone, he's the one, if he wants to compete next year, he has to keep. If he realizes that this team is maybe two years away, then get rid of both of them, get your draft picks, and, and go for it. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with them saying, you know what? Uh, we're going to trade every asset we have. We're going to get prospects and picks, and we're going to go for it in two to three years. Yes, we realize Weber and Pe Price are uh, uh, getting up there, but you know what? I think in, in two to three years, we're going to be a really good club with what we have, and then uh, we're going to move on. Another option for Bergevin is to use that number two prospect pool that he has and improve the team. Go out there and get your top left-handed defenseman. Give up a Paling or a Kotkaniemi, dare I say. Uh, Suzuki is going to be their uh, uh, probably number one center, or at least number two center. And then you have Phil Deneau. Phil Deneau is going to be their number one or number two center. So even if Kotkaniemi comes back next year, he's stuck at number three. Or he's going to move to the wing. Fourth-line centers are a dime a dozen, so you know we can pick up a fourth-line center. Or you have Ryan Paling that plays a fourth line. So really... Start, I mean, if, if that's the way you're going to go, uh, and I think it's it's the right way to go, is we got to get rid of our assets now and uh, um, get something for them. I mean, Bergevin's in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If he doesn't make any trades and the next season becomes like this season, then everyone's going to jump over them, proper, and, and rightfully so. And it's probably near the end of his career uh, doing that. If he, he does make moves but doesn't get the return that same, some other teams got for some players, then everyone's going to get all pissy at uh, Mark Bergman because he didn't do that. So basically he either has to hit a home run on these trades or roll the dice, keep the players, and then hit a home run in the, in the offseason to uh, pick up the backup goalie we need, which is a good time in this offseason to sign a good backup goalie. There's going to be many goalies available that are actually starters on teams now that they can bring in like Robin Leonard, uh, Craig Anderson, just to name a few off my head, that they can bring in as a backup goalie to Carey Price, and then Carey Price isn't leading the league in games played. He's playing, you know, 50 games a year instead of the 60 or 70, 65 or 70 that's going to play this year. Um, and we'll get into that little subject uh, after, after the break. Um, so, yeah, so Bergevin, he has to go one way or the other. If he really thinks he's going to improve this team in the offseason, then keep Tatar and Petrie. And, and use them as trade bait next year if we're out of it, or if 
we're not, if we're out of it though, he he made a mistake by keeping them. If we're not out of it, then or if we he d- goes in the offseason and gets some things that we really need, use that prospect pool, get your left-handed defenseman, get your backup goalie and as a free agent, throw the money at him, get a good one, and then get maybe another top six forward. I think we'll be all right next year. Uh, but that's a lot of things he got to do in the offseason uh, that he's failed to do basically his entire career. He's failed to fill the holes he needed to fill in the offseason. So, yeah, that's that's that. So after the break, we're going to go to uh, talk about uh, uh, injuries and uh, not so much that the injured, but so much of why people are coming back and why people are playing and really what's the the future hold in the next 21 games for Les uh, Canadiens. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there, and uh, we'll see in a few. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know, man. It looks like a it looks like a jock strap. What what's a jock strap doing up in the concourse? I don't know. Let me check. What does it it say? says C Lindgren on it. Weird. Man, are you always getting digged out and losing your gear? If so, you should download the new app, GearFinder.com. We'll put microchips in all your gear. So when that guy digs you out on a simple play, you'll find your gear later and not some dudes in the crowd. Hey, man, I should take this home to my wife. She might like it. Maybe she can find your gear, too. Well, we'll download the app and we can help Charlie Lindgren out. (laughs) Yeah, help me. Yeah. Throw it over, guys. Gearfinder.com. For all your lost gear needs. Everybody hurts sometimes. Sometimes everything is wrong. Now it's time to sing along. Yes, Ab fans, hold on. Hold on to hope. Don't let go. Everybody hurts sometimes. But some people get hurt, come back a lot sooner than you would think. Shea Weber, out four to six weeks. Some people thought he was out for the rest of his career. His life was over, but no. Like, what, eight days later? He's playing. He's back. He's going to play against Detroit tonight. Why? I have no frickin' idea, because I think it's really stupid. Montreal is basically 10 points out of a playoff spot. They're on pace to get 86. They're not going to get the 95, 96 points they need to make it into the playoffs. Even if Toronto and Florida, who aren't playing much better than Montreal, by the way, uh, uh, flounder, uh, they basically have three games between them, one by Toronto, two by Florida. To uh, um, to play 
Uh, they have to lose those. Uh, plus Montreal basically has to win uh, 16, 16, yeah, that'll give them 32 points. That'll give them, even 16 is only giving them 94 points. So they have to basically win 17 of their next 21 games. So 17 and 4. Can it happen? Uh, sure. Sure it can happen, but it's not going to because Montreal does not have the team to do it. They, I'm sorry, they're a good team. Uh, I figure Montreal going down the stretch, I'll be fair, or not fair, I'll, I'll say they'll go, I'll say they'll win 14 games. They'll go 14 and 7. Even if they go 14 and 7, they're going to finish with uh, 90 points. So that's not enough to get in. They'd have to hope that Toronto only wins uh, five games. They got 70 points now. Um, they need 20. So Toronto can only win 10. Florida can only win 9 or 10. And that's including, you know, Florida wins 10. That gives them 88 points. So Florida got to go 10 and 13. And Toronto got, I mean, it's possible. And Toronto got to go 10 and 12. So basically they got to play 500. Um I mean, I guess it's possible, but Montreal going 14 and seven, I don't think it's happening. I don't, I don't think it's going to work. And not only that, but then they have to make sure two other teams don't play well. So uh, play a little over 500 hockey. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And then you're hoping that the ticket in goes down, and then in the first round you're playing Tampa or Boston. So, I mean, sure, Columbus did it last year, but Columbus had a much better team going to the playoffs than Montreal does right now. So, a matter of fact, Columbus has a better team than Montreal does right now, uh, if you look at the standings. So, it's not going to happen. So, why, why, oh, why, is uh, Shea Weber playing against Detroit tonight? Why is Druin, who has an ankle injury, who missed the Boston game playing tonight? Why is Gallagher, who has ailments, uh, coming back and, and, and playing tonight? Uh, I mean, I know the players want to play. The players say anything can happen. We, we want to go out and give it our best. The coach is doing his job, saying I'm putting a winning team out there. If they're good to play, the doctor said they're good. They're good to play. They're going to play. The players say they're good. They're good to play. This is where I kind of agree with Eric Angles. Mark Bergevin has to step in and protect his assets. If Shea Weber's the most important person to this rebuild, reset, whatever you want to call it, then I would say, hey, thanks, Shea. I understand it. You're a warrior. I love you. You're a man mountain. But uh, you got you come on. Come back when you're re- when you're fully ready. As Shea said himself, he's not 100%. So him playing injured, is it going to help the team? Or is it not going to help the team? Uh, you got to look at that, too. All the talent he has, I mean, he is a little slower in the defense. He's not as bad as the old Subinistas out there say he is, but uh, on defense anyway. Um, but he's not what Shea Weber was 10 years ago either. So we really got to look at that and, and say to ourselves, as fans, we're looking at why. Um, and, and if they play and, and if they're doing this push, it kind of says to me, like what we were talking about in the first half, it, what's Mark Bergevin looking at at this trade deadline? I mean, personally, and I think it's going to be a mistake, I don't think he's going to do much of anything. I think you're going to see Thompson gone, Scandella gone, uh, maybe Wheel, Cousins, like little little things like that I think are going to happen. I, he's not going to make a big trade. I don't think Petrie and Tartar are actually going to go. Uh, I think they should, and uh, and then, and if he doesn't get the right price, they shouldn't go. Uh, I'll say that, but we're never going to know what's the right price or not. So as fans, who uh, 
are self-righteous and think we need to know every detail about everything, including injuries to a player. Um, and this goes for all of us. Uh, we need to know every detail, and we're not going to know every detail. So things are going to leak out through guys, and I'll tell you now, I only listened to a couple, Mackenzie, Friedman, uh, Pierre Lebron, a few like that. If, they, if they're coming out with it, then I think there's, you know, 85 to 90% truth to it. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so you got to look at it. Like, uh, So if Bergman doesn't trade these guys and come back, well, there wasn't a deal there. So you're going to get the one side that's going to say he couldn't make the deal, Bergeron sucks because he didn't do this and he didn't do that and didn't do this. And then you're going to get the other side saying, uh, well, I mean, they shouldn't have traded him anyway because we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're this close and blah, blah, blah. I'm on the fence on that because I do believe this team is close. I do believe this team is two or three players away. Uh, I do believe getting rid of Petrie is going to push you farther back. Now you're four players away. Uh, Tatar I'm okay with I don't think that's really going to affect too much really in all honesty um, but uh, and Scandella, Thompson Kovalchuk I don't think that's going to affect much either if you trade them I don't think it makes the team any worse going into next year uh, I think if you keep them it makes them better but they're UFAs that means you have to sign them in the offseason which you can just do anyway after you trade them if that's a possibility um, so in the end I have no issue with, with any of those guys going uh, Petrie, sure, it pushes you back. But if you get a good haul for Petrie or any of them, you got to do it. I mean, I talked about this earlier, uh, but we're going to go back to the injury thing. Uh, I got off topic there. But, uh, yeah, injuries are uh, uh, a fickle thing, especially one where some guy's supposed to go four to six weeks and he's coming back anyway because the team believes they can make these playoffs. They, they have hope. They want to believe. And uh, I, I do too. I'd like to see it. I'd love to see it. I think it'll shut a lot of people up, but in the end, where are we going to go with this playoffs? Like, we're not going to, I really don't see us getting past the first round. And if we do, I don't really don't see us getting past the second round. So it's not like we're a cup contender. It's not like uh, you can, everyone says, well, look at St. Louis. St. Louis wasn't as bad of a team as they looked going into January. So, yeah, sure, they, they played well, went, but they actually, I think just played to where they should have been. I mean, look at them this year. They're, it's not like they're right back to the basement and they have virtually the exact same team. So, I mean, if you look at St. Louis this year, they're 74 points tied for Dallas for top in the Central. You know, and uh, I mean, I don't consider Dallas a contender. Uh, they're definitely a playoff team. I don't, I think St. Louis is a contender only because they won last year. Uh I mean, Colorado's a contender. I don't look at Edmonton Oilers as a contender, uh, you know, but I'd, it's tough to say. But uh, anyone can win, yes, in the playoffs, but you got to look at the makeup of the team and go, that has a team. I'm not surprised that team went deep. I wasn't surprised St. Louis went deep. You, did they have the, the makeup of a, of a champion team? Not really. They had no real – they don't have any real superstars, but they, they – they, uh, uh, they put it together. They had a good playoff team, and that and that's why they won. Montreal doesn't have either. They don't have a superstar team that can get them through, and they don't have a good playoff team that can get them through. So, yeah, save your injured players. Don't bring them in. That's not my call. They're playing. They say they want to play. Julian says they're playing, and Bergevin's not stepping in. And I, I think Bergevin, if he wants to protect his assets, if he wants this team to improve next year, and, and then he really got to shut some of his players down. 
And again, I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, that's that. Bergevin, if you're listening, I know you got the Berg arms. I know you have a little bit of a, you know, we met in Dallas and you're kind of fearful. You know, maybe at the, maybe at the, uh, uh, draft, you and I can have a little arm wrestle, see what happens, but shut him down. But shut Weber, shut Weber down. Druin and Gallagher, hey, if they want to play, if they feel they're healthy enough to play, let them play, whatever. Uh, but uh, shut Weber down. Weber shouldn't be playing. We don't need him. He's not, I mean, he's probably going to make a little difference, but is he going to make that big of a difference? Probably not. Uh, let's shut him down. Um, having said that, uh, Montreal next year, what's going to happen? So I, I, I touched on it earlier. If uh, Montreal doesn't uh, do any, if if Bergevin doesn't do anything at this trade line or anything major like Petrie Tatar, that means he's looking at making the playoffs next year. It's the it's the only logical thing to say of why uh, things uh, he didn't make any moves. And if that's the case, then he has to have a home run off season like he did uh, two years ago. Uh, with the Pacioretty trade or whatever. He has to pick up at least two of the three needs we need. He needs a backup goalie. That is a must in this offseason. If he does not, with all the UFA goalies on the market this offseason, if he does not get a capable backup goalie, then I have absolutely no idea what this man is doing, and I'm going to change my whole view on Bergman. He's going to go from an average GM to a below-average GM. I mean, I know a lot of people pick, oh, he didn't make the playoffs, he didn't make the playoffs. In his first four years, he made the playoffs. His first seven years, which is up to this year because this year doesn't count, he's made the playoff four, missed the playoffs three times. If he misses this year, and he will, it'll be 50-50. However, in these last two years, I'm okay with him missing the playoffs because I don't think the playoffs are what he's building for. He's building for a contender. But having said that, you can't sit back and keep looking at the future. You have to eventually sit there and say, this is my core. This is what I'm building around. So right now, Bergevin, if you're listening, which I highly doubt you are, but maybe, who knows, uh, your core right now is Gallagher, Weber, Price, Suzuki, and that's pretty much it. That's that's it. Anyone else to me is expendable. Everyone else to me is uh, uh, whatever. Now, Army is a good person to have in there uh, uh Lekkonen. i like Lekkonen. keep him there for the third line then you have guys like cocky and emmy uh flurry uh caulfield all them guys are going to come in and help make this core a little bit bigger oh sorry deno deno is part of that course so deno gallagher uh suzuki uh weber and price and i'm only saying weber and price because they're not going anywhere so you might as well add them to the core so that is your core right there build around that build around it I mean, you have Sherratt, so you have your good second lefty, whatever. Um, you're probably going to lose Petrie. So, I mean, if you don't trade him, then you got him at least for next year, but you need something in the future. Uh, Romanov's coming in. He's another guy that could be probably part of that core. So you have a good core. Build around it. Start bringing in the stars to play with them. Start bringing in the players. Use the UFA. Get Price a backup goalie. If this is the same team going in next year as they were this year and the year before, you made a minor adjustment with Sherratt, which should have made the team a little better, but not much. It's pretty much the exact same team. Just Ben was upgraded. So this year, you have to go out and you have to get that goalie. At least get that backup goalie if the team's going to be the same. If the team's going to not be with Petrie and not be with Tatar, then you got to go out and really revamp that defense. I mean... 
you need a left-handed defenseman and you need a top four right-handed defenseman and a backup goalie or else we're going to miss the playoffs again. And if you trade those guys and get their haul that you should get for them, again, I'm okay with missing the playoffs the third season. I will forgive you for that because I see the direction you're going. And it's more clear to everyone now, and it should be clear to everyone. I mean, I get where you're going. You're trying to keep the team competitive. You say you want to make the playoffs, but I know the real goal is to build a contender, and and I see you're trying to do that by hoarding the draft picks and stuff like that. But if you're almost there, if you're all only two or three players away, man, use those prospects. Use those picks and, and, and start putting people in there that are NHL ready and at that point where they're top six, top three, top you know forwards, top four defensemen. Use that prospect pool and bring those players in to make the other players around you better, and then you have a better team. So I don't know. I mean, if you get fired, uh, I'll just learn French and maybe I'll take over. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm kidding. I know. Let's start a, a, a Twitter thing. Hashtag, uh, you know, toxic, you know, toxic, tra- toxic trag for GM. Um, hashtag. Anyway, that's my show. That's what I think uh, Bergevin needs to do. I mean, if he doesn't do that in this off season, or he doesn't take this trade lead line and say, "All right, I'm loading up on high prospects and, or high draft picks and and, and ready to go prospects," then. Um, He's going to lose-lose. It's a lose-lose. So if he doesn't get those prospects in that and, and go all out in this uh, trade deadline, then he has to have a all-star home run, Selly uh, celebration, uh, top shelf, you know, big city slam offseason, or you just wasted an entire trade deadline and offseason. To just to have the same team they had before, and I'm going to have to start pe- agreeing with people who I disagree with right now and say, you're just making the team more mediocre, uh, which I don't want to do because I don't like admitting that, uh, you know, someone who really just talks out of their ass is right, but they talked out of their ass and, and, and were right if you keep that up. So that's it. That's my show for today. Uh, I hope it didn't depress anyone too much, and uh, don't forget uh, Friday is... Uh, Habs Unfiltered Main Show, and we have a special guest, uh, Brian Mudrick. He'll be in. He's the color play-by-play guy for uh, for for the Habs on TSN, and I probably said his last name wrong because I'm terrible with names, but everybody knows that anyway. And uh, we're going to go, f- and, and that's it. That's the show there. So uh, here's some more depressing music for you, and I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, have a good night. See you on Friday, and we're going to announce the winner of the Drew and Funko Pop even though some people don't even want it. So whatever. Take it. Take it or leave it. Whatever. Here we go. Good scene. If you think you had too much of this life, hang on. Because everybody Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice in the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.